This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. I'm only going to read you poems today since uh, the series is Lunch Poems. And I'm going to start with uh, the first in the book, which is a kind of frontispiece poem before the, you know, set off with a section break before the first section. Um, the poem is called Fado, and many people know what a Fado is, but some don't. It is a kind of Portuguese song uh, whose major quality is a word which is supposed to be untranslatable, which I will probably mispronounce, saudade. Uh, but we who can't translate it say it means something akin to longing. These are songs of uh, love and its unfolding, of the fate of daily life, of what doesn't happen. And it began to be noticed in uh, early 19th century Lisbon as the music of dock workers, sailors, prostitutes, the marginalized, the outcast. Um, and that also means the music of wanderers. And so there's influences from Brazil and Africa and the Caribbean. Um, the word fado, I found out um, remarkably late in the process, also is simply the Portuguese word for fate. And it interested me to discover that. Maybe I had sensed it subliminally because this book that it stands at the headwaters of is uh, slightly riddled with the word fate. Fado. A man reaches close and lifts a quarter from inside a girl's ear. From her hands takes a dove she didn't know was there. Which amazes more, you may wonder, the quarter's serrated murmur against the thumb or the dove's knuckled silence? That he found them or that she never had, or that in Portugal, this same half-stopped moment, it's almost dawn, and a woman in a wheelchair is singing a fado that puts every life in the room on one pan of a scale, itself on the other, and the copper bowl's balance. The first section of the book uh, is almost entirely poems whose title begin with the word my. Um, a chapbook came out, a beautiful little letterpress chapbook came out in November, which if it had not taken its title, this book might have carried that title. Uh, the title was minus M-Y-N-E-S-S slash minus the arithmetic sign. Um, and the first minus uh, bows a bit towards Czesław Miłosz's uh, very beautiful tiny poem about overhearing women in a cafeteria talking about, you know, my, my uncle, my daughter, my dinner, my house. Um, and a poem of great affection for the personal life and our engagement with it. Um, and the minus part, the arithmetic part, has to do with... Um, the provisionality of those same selves, their interconnection, their permeability, uh, their perishability. 
Um, and, and these poems as a whole are a kind of exploration of, of those things, although each explores its own thing as well. My skeleton. My skeleton, who once ached with your own growing larger, are now each year imperceptibly smaller, lighter, absorbed by your own concentration. When I danced, you danced. When you broke, I. And so it was lying down, walking, climbing the tiring stairs. Your jaws, my bread. Someday you, what is left of you, will be flensed of this marriage. Angular wrist bones, arthritis, cracked harp of rib cage, blunt of heel, opened bowl of the skull, twin platters of pelvis. Each of you will leave me behind, at last serene. What did I know of your days, your nights? I who held you all my life inside my hands and thought they were empty. You who held me all your life in your hands as a new mother holds her own unblanketed child, not thinking at all. Uh, this next one was written after reading in the Tuesday Science Times section about um, the discovery of a certain protein. And um, I had to email. Uh, it, it ran in the New Yorker, and they ask you to record poems now for audio feature. And I suddenly realized the night before going into the studio that I didn't know how to pronounce the protein. So I emailed two of my good biology friends, and they both came back saying either way was correct. I would be fine. Um, but the, the poem, so protein is a word which, which came from the Greek god Proteus, who changes. They do their work by changing shapes. Um, and the poem does wander from proteins for a while in the middle into the microbiome, um, the great cutting edge of, of medicine now, I suspect, um, uh, basically suggesting that um, we are sustained by all of the many independent lives that happen to live within us. My proteins. They have discovered, they say, the protein of itch, naturetic polypeptide B, and that it travels its own distinct pathway inside my spine, as do pain, pleasure, and heat. A body, it seems, is a highway, a cloverleaf crossing, well-built, well-traversed, some of me going north, some going south. Ninety percent of my cells, they have discovered, are not my own person. They are other beings inside me, as 96% of my life is not my life. Yet I, they say, am they. My bacteria and yeasts, my father and mother, grandparents, lovers, my drivers talking on cell phones, my subways and bridges, my thieves, my police who chase myself night and day. My proteins, apparently also me, fold the shirts. I find in this crowded metropolis a quiet corner where I build of not-me Lego blocks a bench pigeons, a sandwich of rye bread, mustard, and cheese. It is me and is not the hunger that makes the sandwich good. It is not me, then is, 
the sandwich, a mystery neither of us can fold, unfold, or consume. You know, I thought about this a lot when I was seven years old. You know, here's the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Here's me. I take a bite. When does one turn into the other? Um, My great ambivalence about uh, the self steps a little more forward yet in this one. Mosquito. I say I, and a small mosquito drinks from my tongue. But many say we, and hear I, say you or he, and hear I. What can we do with this problem? A bowl held in both hands cannot be filled by its holder. X says the blue whale, X say the krill. Solve for Y, says the ocean, then multiply by existence. The feet of an ant make their own sound on the earth. Ice is astonished by water. A person misreads delirium as delphinium and falls into a blueness sleepy as beauty when sneezing. The pronoun dozes. You know, that's one of, I think, uh, the great unrecognized uses of beauty in our life is when you fall into beauty, the isolated and isolating self dissolves. Uh, This next one is a poem of um, war grief uh, in the shape of an artichoke. My species. Even a small purple artichoke boiled in its own bittered and darkening waters, grows tender, grows tender and sweet. Patience, I think, my species. Keep testing the spiny leaves, the spiny heart. Um, The title of this poem does not make sense. Uh, It's left over from when it was a longer poem with a kitchen towel in it. A Cottony Fate Long ago someone told me, avoid or. It troubles the mind as a held-out piece of meat disturbs a dog. Now I too am 60. There was no other life. I read this poem with apologies to any pure theoretical physicists in the room. Quartz Clock. The ideas of a physicist can be turned into useful objects. A rocket, a quartz clock, a microwave oven for cooking. The ideas of poets turn into only themselves, as the hands of the clock do, or the face of a person. It changes, but only more into the person. I wake early. I wake early, make two cups of coffee, drink one, think, go back to sleep, wake again, think, drink the other. To start a day over is a card game played for no money, a ripe tomato, 
a swimming cat. Time here, lukewarm, with milk and sugar, big and unset as a table. I wake twice, twice the window, unbroken, transparent, twice the cat's nose and ears above water, twice the war, my war, is distant, its children's children are distant. In a kitchen where mushrooms were washed. In a kitchen where mushrooms were washed, the mushroom scent lingers. As the sea must keep for a long time the scent of the whale. As a person who's once loved completely, a country once conquered does not release that stunned knowledge. They must want to be found those strange-shaped rising morals, clownish puffballs. Lichens have served as a lamp wick. Clean burning coconuts, olives, dried salmon, sheep fat, a carcass of petrol set blazing. Light that is fume and abradement. Unburnable mushrooms are other. They darken the air they come into. There's the scent of having been traveled, been taken. And that, that actually did happen, and uh, it was my first very strong experience of the joy that a truffle pig must feel. Um, and after that, as I walked around in the dark, I began to smell mushroom patches out in the earth. My life was the size of my life. My life was the size of my life. Its rooms were room-sized. Its soul was the size of a soul. In its background, mitochondria hummed. Above it, sun, clouds, snow, the transit of stars and planets. It rode elevators, bullet trains, various airplanes, a donkey. It wore socks, shirts, its own ears and nose. It ate, it slept, it opened and closed its hands, its windows. Others I know had lives larger. Others I know had lives shorter. The depth of lives, too, is different. There were times my life and I made jokes together. There were times we made bread. Once I grew moody and distant, I told my life, I would like some time. I would like to try seeing others. In a week, my empty suitcase and I returned. I was hungry then, and my life, my life too, was hungry. We could not keep our hands off, our clothes on, our tongues from. I dedicate this poem to our friends on the East Coast. A chair in snow. A chair in snow should be like any other object, whited and rounded. And yet, a chair in snow is always sad. 
more than a bed, more than a hat or house. A chair is shaped for just one thing, to hold a soul its quick and few bendable hours. Perhaps a king. Not to hold snow. Not to hold flowers. A person protests to fate. A person protests to fate. The things you have caused me most to want are those that furthest elude me. Fate nods. Fate is sympathetic. To tie the shoes, button a shirt, are triumphs for only the very young, the very old. During the long middle, Conjugating a rivet, mastering tango, training the cat to stay off the table, preserving a single moment longer than this one, continuing to wake whatever has happened the day before, and the penmanship's love practices inside the body. I tend, in, in at least the last three books, to write some very short poems. I label them as pebbles and run them as a series out of respect to the trees, so there aren't so many pages in the books that are um, three or four lines of print on them. Um, but they are freestanding poems, and they are very much not haiku. Um, they're much more hybrid, and they don't sound like haiku. The woman, the tiger. The woman, the tiger, the door, the man, the choice. Riddles are soulless. In them, it is never raining. Immigration and hunger. I misread the journalist's sentence. In this human drama, the police ate the supporting actors. And uh, this is the shortest poem in the book. Um, and just because it will go by very quickly, I would like to uh, prime you in a certain direction. Don't think sharks, don't think tigers, think dentist chair. <laughs> Humbling an assay. Have teeth. Uh, this is a poem, it's a longer poem in short parts, different from the pebbles. They don't stand free, even though they're not terribly connected to each other, um, uh, titled with a, uh, a swerving bow uh, towards uh, Hesiod's works and days. This is Works and Loves. Rain fell as a glass breaks something suddenly everywhere at the same time. To live like a painting, looked into from more than one angle at once, eye to eye with the doorway, down at the hair, up at your own dusty feet. This is your house, said my bird heart to my heart of the cricket, and I entered. 
The happy see only happiness, the living see only life, the young see only the young. As lovers believe, they wake always beside one also in love. However often I turned its pages, I kept ending up as the same two sentences of the book. The being of some is to be, of others to be without. Then I fell back asleep in Swedish. A sheep grazing is unimpressed by the mountain, but not by its flies. The grief of what hasn't yet happened, a door closed from inside. The weight of the grass dividing an ant's five-legged contemplations walking through it. What is the towel? What is the water? Changes. Though of we three, only the towel can be held upside down in the sun. And the last from this poem. I was once, said not in self-pity or praise. This dignity we allow, barn owl, ego, oyster. I profess the uncertain. I profess the uncertain with gratitude. A man with large hands and large feet first looks at a pencil, then brings it close to his ear. He listens. The day lives briefly unscented, shaken with worn heel glimpses, becomes a shambling palace with walking fishes, a yellow-roofed kindness, the almost untenable premise that between counting one and two, nothing is lost. Two linen handkerchiefs. How can you have been dead 12 years and these still? So directly connected to that poem, um, this next one was written after uh, the kind of tsunami of losses which comes as one hits a certain age in this life. Um, most of my nuclear family, dear friends, dear, dear elders, um, fellow poets. Zero plus anything is a world. Four less one is three. Three less two is one. One less three is what is who remains. The first cell that learned to divide learned to subtract. Recipe, add salt to hunger. Recipe, add time to trees. Zero plus anything is a world. This one and no other unhidden by each breath changed. Recipe, add death 
to life. Recipe, love without swerve what this will bring. Sister, father, mother, husband, daughter. Like a cello forgiving one note as it goes, then another. And I will end uh, with the last poem in the book. As you can probably hear, the book is not only um, kind of veined through with the idea of fate, it's also veined through with either very simple arithmetic or um, uh, uh, impossible arithmetic. Bob, if you go in my purse, I think there's a lozenge in there. Can you find him a lozenge? Poor thing. Um, <laughs> so somewhere in the bottom, good luck. Um, <laughs> It's awful to be at the front of a room and suddenly coughing. Um, Okay, last poem in the book. Like two negative numbers multiplied by rain. Lie down, you are horizontal. Stand up, you are not. I wanted my fate to be human. Like a perfume that does not choose the direction it travels, that cannot be straight or crooked, kept out or kept. Yes, no, or. A day, a life slips through them, taking off the third skin, taking off the fourth. The logic of shoes becomes at last simple, an animal question scuffing. Old shoes, old roads. The questions keep being new ones, like two negative numbers multiplied by rain into oranges and olives. Thank you so much for coming. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.